were that he mentioned about going to Cracker Barrel after church. Sherry and I actually went last Sunday to Cracker Barrel after church. This is no joke, Donnie. We waited an hour and 20 minutes for our table. And the problem with Cracker Barrel when you go there is you know what you're doing while you're waiting for your table. There's a store, so you're shopping. We ended up Christmas shopping while at Cracker Barrel. We spent more at the store than we did on our food. We did not leave that place at 3 p.m. So that is a um, true story with that. So that is certainly, uh, that was an all-day uh, all trip. What a blessing, Donnie. Thank you so much, Curtis. It is encouraging to sing and to come and worship the Lord. And Donnie's absolutely right. Even if the government outlaws church or churches are closed, we have the Holy Spirit, we have God in our hearts, and we are free to worship Him, even if we can't come into a public place. Open up your Bibles to the book of Psalms, Psalm 116, then in a little bit we're going to turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 12. This is a three-part sermon series on living generously. We love, you love generous people. A lot of times we think about generosity, we typically think about money, but I really think about it. I think about Miss Sandy Cloyd here on the fifth pew. You know, we come here and uh, our children started to get to know her and they would, she started giving them one piece of candy. So every Sunday they would go to Miss Sandy, they started out with one piece of candy. After about a year or so, I noticed it wasn't just one piece of candy, it was these little packages of candy, like in a Ziploc bag, and she's passing out packages of candy to children. I mean, they're walking up here to the front row with a package of candy. And it's, uh, they come to church, and they go straight for her, get her package. Then I started noticing other children, such as like the King family. Their kids were going to Miss Sandy. They're getting a package of candy as well. So she's now feeding all the children. Then John King one day starts going over there to Miss Sandy. He's got him a package of candy. That is the spirit of generosity. When you're just passing out candy, that's how you make friends. When you are a giver, when you are generous towards other people, you all of a sudden are loved. People want to be around you. You have an attitude of open hands. And obviously, folks are going to come to you. The scripture we're going to read this morning is going to show to us because the Bible is going to tell us our cup of salvation is overflowing. It spills out on other people's life because we are saved. Because as Donnie and Curtis sing about, we are blessed. That overflows onto other folks' life. And when we go to be with the Lord, these flowers are here from Walt Bowman's funeral on Friday afternoon. Walt Bowman's life overflowed to other people. He it was generous. He had this spirit of generosity and it spilt over into other people's life. And that is what we as believers want to have that same response to the Lord. The reason, the main point, the reason you should be generous is because God has been generous towards you. In response to my salvation, what I have received from the Lord, it should overflow into other work. 
It's, it, Martin Luther was the great reformer. It says, it wouldn't matter if Jesus died a thousand times if no one ever heard about it. That's absolutely true. We have a responsibility because Jesus died. And our salvation comes from John 3.16, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's a story that we must tell to other people. And when we witness and our life is overflowing, we're telling that story. Psalm 116, verses 12 through 14. How can I repay the Lord for all the good He has done for me? I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all His people. What the psalmist here is talking about is he feels because God has been gracious. God has been generous towards him. He wants to show to other folks, to this community, to other people, that he loves the Lord and he wants it to overflow. We live generously in response to God's generosity towards us. And David is responding. He says, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord. Meaning, I have walked this aisle. I've surrendered my heart to Jesus. I've made a commitment to the Lord. God, I'm going to hold fast towards my vows. Your word matters. Your commitments and your promises, they matter to God. You know, we had Halloween well, about two weeks ago, 15 days ago or so. And at our house, we have four bags of Halloween candy. And people wrote, have written their names on the bags. So why would that be? Why would you have your name on your candy? That's because if you don't put your name on your candy, it would be very easy for someone else to steal or borrow or eat your candy. I have a cabinet in, one of the, in the kitchen. I have only one cabinet. And it's the food that I eat. Sherry has a cabinet, or more cabinets, of the food she eats. And you just kind of know in the kitchen, this is my food, this is her food, this is the children's food with their candy. Sure, there's other folks that have this. You have your own cabinet, your own food. Anyone? Sherry, we're the only ones that claim Guys, I lived in a dorm in seminary. So I, maybe I'll connect with you to this. In our dorm, now these are guys going into the ministry. David, we had a community as a dorm, which meant there was a community kitchen. You open the door and everybody has like a jug of milk and say, Daniel, say, David. Like people put labels on their food. And then some of them say, well, thou shalt not steal. They would like write stuff under in their fridge, you know, this is my food, you shall not steal it. They're, they're reminding us of the Eighth Commandment. Anyone ever done that? Good. All right. Well, back where I came from, people used to steal your food if you didn't claim it. You had to, you know, you didn't want it to be generous with what is yours that you're planning on eating, so you had to, you had to claim what was yours. And God is teaching us.
with our faith, with what the Lord has bestowed salvation on your life, you want to have the spirit of generosity. Christ is calling us to this attitude. Being generous is a mindset. It's not a one and done event. When you're generous, you have open hands, whether it's in the kitchen, whether it's at church, whether it's at the offering plate back when you used to pass those, whether it's when you go to Thanksgiving meal, you just are there as a giver. Your attitude is one, is here, I'll give you my seat. I'll give you this. I'll help you with this. And Christ is saying, because He went to the cross, because He was a giver and He gave His life, you should also do the same. So you say, well, what should we be generous with? In regards to money, our treasures, turn over in your Bibles to the book of Luke. Because Jesus answers this question. Jesus tells us that our treasure is one in heaven. Our treasure is not here on earth. Here on earth, moth and rust destroy. Something that was very valuable years ago, now you might look at it and think, that's going to goodwill. That's old. That's dated. We put out our Christmas ornaments yesterday, or Sherry put them out and had a few helpers, not very long, but they helped a little bit. And some of the ornaments, they're old. You can just tell, wow, do we want to put this old ornament from 20 years ago on the tree? It's just not fresh anymore. It's just not up to date. It's symbolic and it has meaning to it, but other folks don't know that meaning. And I think a lot of times in our lives, we constantly want to say, Lord, just because I was generous years ago, doesn't mean I'm necessarily generous today. The spirit of generosity is something you and I have to make sure we're constantly working towards. Because we will lose it. Our natural drift is towards self-preservation. Meaning, what's in it for me? This is mine. This is my candy. This is my food. This is my stuff. You're not going to touch it. I'm going to write my name on it and put a Bible verse. Do not steal. And that's our natural, sinful, fallen state. What's in it for me? And Christ is speaking to you, saying, don't think that way. Don't have that attitude. You be a giver. You be a Sandy Cloyd. You freely give what God has given to you. Don't hold anything back. When Walt Bowman passed away last week, He stepped into the presence of Jesus. And Jesus did not look at him and think, well, what are you bringing up here? Did you bring me some candy, Walt? Did you bring me one of the biscuits you used to cook at the men's prayer breakfast? Some of your bacon? Some of your sausages? No. Our life was meant to give away. And what we constantly, I I tell you why this is going to be important today. I believe COVID, this unique season we are in, is going to cause several 
extremes in our life. And the reason why is because of all the uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty. We have no clue what the future holds. We do not know what's going to happen next month or next year. There's much uncertainty. So in many times of uncertainty, what, what do we tend to do? Uncertain times, we think of who? Yourself. Say, I need to do this for me. I need to shore up my things. I need to make sure I'm stable. I want to make sure I'm taking good care of me. When I tell you the opportunities, Christ has put opportunities of many people in our city who are hurting right now. There are opportunities for ministry, opportunities for gospel witness that are available right now that will close when things so-called go back to normal. Because the uncertainty, people are willing to listen to God's Word. They're, they're, they're hungry for what the Bible says. See, the Bible is our certainty today. You want answers, where do we find them? Broadway, they're in God's Word. This is where we find our anchor. This is our hope. Amidst all this uncertainty, we as Christians, we know Walt Bowman had it in his heart. It's centered on the trustworthiness of God's Word and our cup of salvation as David wrote about in Psalm 116, verse 13. It overflows in our life. Look here what Jesus said. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verses 31 through 34. God's Word says, But seek His kingdom, and these things will be provided for you. Meaning, you don't need to worry about providing for yourselves. You shouldn't live in fear. We live because we trusted the Lord. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your Father delights to give you the kingdom. What a blessing. The greatest thing in the world, heaven, God has given to you and I. And He's saying because your name is written in the book of life, you know where you're going. Do not be afraid. Uncertain times are when Christians rise to the top because our certainty is in Jesus Christ. Online folks, your hope is in the Lord. Your certainty is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You trust Him as your, your Savior. We respond to God because of what He's done. Verse 33, sell your possessions and give to, a poor, to the poor. Jesus is saying, there it is. Your possessions aren't going to come with you in heaven. Nothing we bring, nothing we acquire on earth goes with us into glory. We do not bring anything into heaven. Make money bags for yourselves that won't grow old. An inexhaustible treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Meaning, you invest in kingdom work. Your conversations, how you spend your money, what you put in the offering plate, how you invest in other folks. 
It speaks volumes because you're paying it forward. You know the minutes, the impact that you're going to have today with what God has given you will have a result because people are saved and come to know Jesus. What he's telling us is we do not need to just live a life of stinginess, living a life of trying to acquire things, living a life of wanting more and more and more. Do you know, I, um, if you remember Miss Dot Davis, it was about, what, three, four weeks ago in our church, she passed away, went to be with the Lord. She sat right there. Do you know every Sunday I'd walk in here and I would go and visit her house there in Alexandria Drive and she always gave me stuff. Like just all sorts of odd and random things. And she told me, she says, Daniel, I know what's going to happen. She was preparing one day to be with Jesus and she had collected and acquired all this stuff and she says, they're going to give it away to goodwill. My children aren't going to want all this. So every time I saw her, she was constantly giving. Now, I didn't always accept, you know, some, some interesting stuff she was trying to give us. Only time I ever went to visit somebody and walk away with a dress for Sherry, but I guess it is what it is. So that's what, what happened. But she had this spirit and attitude as a giver. She realized, I'm going to be with Jesus and I don't need all of these things. How wonderful would it be to say to live your life and say, God, I've given away everything. I come to you with empty hands and I want you to take my hands because I'm holding nothing. Lord, pick me up, take me home. That is what Christ is telling us. We invest in the kingdom of God. You invest into other people so that they get saved. You pour your resources into a church, into ministries, into people with a greater purpose so that they come to know the Lord. You, I promise, will never regret giving and helping other people, especially when that help and that ministry goes towards them getting saved. That is what God wants us to do. Last verse here, verse 34. For where your treasure is there your heart will be also. I have up here on the screen, what does generosity do? It's in your bulletin, you can fill in the blank here. Generosity pleases God. Did y'all know that? Do you want to please the Lord? Do you want your life, just like David spoke here in Psalm 116, to please God? Generosity pleases God. He's looking at you and I. You might know the Bible. You might be here every time the doors are open. You might be someone that is very faithful to God. But really look and see, is your treasure, are your resources, where your heart is, is it towards generosity? Is it towards blessing other people? God did this. He put Adam and Eve in the garden and he said it was good. He gave them everything they needed. Number two, generosity advances the gospel. 
The gospel is the good news of Jesus. You want to use what God, your, your gifts, your treasures, and you use it to point people to the Lord. Any possible way that you can use what God has given you to lead other people to Jesus, that is being good stewards of your money, good stewards of your resources. How do you do that at Christmas time? You buy children a Bible. You buy, you give Christian books. You, there's, there's tools you can do to certainly help people know the Lord. Number three, generosity, it is contagious. It's contagious that when you're generous, when you're a giver, when you're constantly living your life with open hands, other people will do the same. They will pick up on that. They take your attitude because it overflows. Flip, if you kept your finger here, back in Psalm 116, look at this. I, verse 13, will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. The cup of salvation. If you have been born again, you have received a cup of salvation. God has filled your cup. You have been washed by the blood of Jesus. And you take that cup and you lift it up high and say, Lord, I'm going to take this cup and I'm going to call upon your name. What that looks like, how you call upon the name of the Lord, is what Donnie just sang about and Curtis. They are excited. They are blessed that God has saved them and they want to boldly proclaim it and tell it to other people. Listen, Broadway, do folks know you're saved? Do folks know that your cup has been filled with Jesus? Does your cup overflow and spill over to others? A generous life. A generous attitude. Living generous means they're going to know that. Folks are going to identify that your treasure is not here on earth. We're where thief steals, where moth destroys, but you've taken your treasure and you're investing it in heaven. This morning, I'm asking you, Jesus is asking you, God's asking you to say, do I have a spirit? Do I have a life that's living generously? This Thanksgiving, this Christmas season, a time when you're going to be tempted to shore up everything and look out after yourselves, Christ is looking at you, saying you are in the most unique season for ministry opportunities to bless other people. And the question is, Jesus is saying, are you going to do it? Will you live generously? Will you respond to the Lord with your cup of salvation overflowing? We're going to have our invitation. Invite David, he's going to come forward. We're going to sing a song here. We're going to sing in our songbook, hymn number 134, I'm sorry, 249, Jesus Paid It All. If you want to respond to Jesus, 
If you want to accept the payment that he paid on the cross, he gave for that. You come forward now. You come take my hand. You take Brother Hurd's hand. And you can receive Jesus this morning. Online crowd, you fill out our connection card. You send us a message on our page. And we'll be following up with you. Let's stand together. Let's sing in our songbook. Hymn number 249. Brother Hurd and I are going to be standing forward. You make a decision this morning to follow the Lord. Sing.